Jeff, I think we're live. <laughs> and now you're muted. Should I just do the show for you then? So sorry, everybody. There was some uh, <laughs> uh, a couple minor technical malfunctions to start the show. It it uh, was neither Dan's fault nor my fault. So here we go. This is Jeff Need Sports. Hey, just think, anybody's listening to the audio version, you have no idea what just happened. So right. you know that's the beauty of it. So this is Jeff Need Sports Off the Ball Network. Uh, we're back with uh, Dan Felton. We're doing uh, another playoff race update. Um, we're having a lot of fun with this. Dan ought to be in a fairly good mood this week, but you know we're going to find out. So again, everybody at OffTheBallNetwork.com, you know, check out all the stuff going over there. And here we go. So Dan, Dan Felton, yep. how are you, man? Are you are you okay? <laughs> I am. I, I'm still sort of, I think, coming down and emotionally recharging from that game. But uh, yeah, I, I'm hanging in there. I think uh, cautiously optimistic is probably where I'm sitting right now. Uh, that was wild. So I, you know, I, I ask a lot of fans this because you're, you know, you you are an analyst that I bring on or whatever. But we can't hide the fact that you're a, a huge Los Angeles Rams. I don't hide it. I don't hide it either. Fan. Exactly. But you do watch the game with an analytical eye. So that, that's why that, you know, we have so much fun with the show. But I got to ask, as a fan, how do you watch these these major games like this? Like, are you are you in a closet watching on your phone? Do you not watch? <laughs> uh, do you have somebody yell the scores at you while you're, oh. while you're playing darts? I, how, how do, what is your chosen chosen way to I watch am, the game? I, I'm, I'm very invested. Like, I, I'm ready to go. I'm I'm every I, I'm. I'm sunk in for every single play. I, you know, I, I can't, I can't miss anything. I can't not watch. It's, it's a little bit of a train wreck, but it's not enjoyable. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't really enjoy these games and maybe it's years of not seeing my team in the playoffs. I, I'm not used to it, but it's not fun. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like, I, oh, I'm excited to watch them play this weekend. Like, no, I'm, I'm, it's just torture pretty much the entire time. Dan, I'm an Ohio state fan. And we're one of the most successful teams, in, especially in the last two decades in college football. And I haven't enjoyed a game probably since yep. I was six. It's it's a yep. sickness. Um, it uh it, it it's not it's not healthy. Uh, hey, thanks for stopping by, Mo Murphy. Um, it uh, but but I totally get it. And for some reason, I was thinking about this today, and I was like, I think Dan and me are, are sort of on the same wavelength. I was like, yeah, it's it's. I, I ha okay. I'll just ask you this: How many times does somebody go? Why do you even watch? You see, you seem miserable. <laughs> like, oh, I all get that so much. All the time, all the time. And and I myself ask my dad, like my buddy, you know, my my best friend and my my fucking a podcast co-host Matt is a Titans fan. So of course, last weekend he had Ooh. a terrible weekend. Um, and he said that to me Sunday morning. We were chatting before the Rams played. He goes, he goes, why do we do this? He goes, because even when it's like the things you should enjoy, you don't enjoy them. Like it's misery 90% of the time. And then 10% of the time, yeah. you can't even enjoy it when you're supposed to be enjoying it. So yeah. why do we do this? And I, yeah. I ask myself that every day, every time I sit down to watch a game. Yeah, me too. I, you know, I'm the, I'm the same way. High State loses. You know, yeah. if, if a bad season, we lose two games and it's like, ah, all right, this, this isn't, I, I can't, this is terrible. This is awful. We need to change everything. Yeah. I've always wondered if I should just be a, a fan of a, just a terrible team. To yeah. just be like, oh, we won five games last year. This was great. Draft picks, blah blah blah. I don't know. I don't know if that's better. I'm, I'm nostalgic for those days of of just like being at the edge of the playoffs is exciting enough for you. And then when they don't make, you're like, oh, it's okay. We did we did pretty good this year. Like, yeah, a Lions fan or something. As, a, you know? as an edging, as an edging type yeah. fan, I, I got you. <laughs> so it's you know, if anybody didn't get a chance to watch the Rams game, you probably don't care about the show. But if you know what happened, the Rams got off early. They looked great. 
um, looked unbeatable. And I'm sure that's when Dan knew that they were screwed. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So here was my question. This this was my obviously my turning, or I shouldn't say my the turning point, but this is when I was like, "Shit, how did you feel before the Acres fumble on the goal line at the end of the first half, and and two seconds after? What was that emotional swing?" Uh, I would say that that was right before that fumble was probably the only time during that game where I was like, wow, this is going to be just like last week. God, we're on a tear. Look at this. Two games in a row. We're just handing the team their ass. I can't believe how well we're playing. And when he dropped that ball and they, they picked it up, I thought, oh, that's it. (laughs) Here we we go. It's going to start. It's going to start the wheels going the other way. And it, it, from that point on, I was like, it was like being in a car accident, except experiencing it like for two hours like you can see it coming and you can't get away from it and you know it's gonna hurt but you're just stuck slowly getting closer and closer it was it was the most painful i mean i i, I probably shaved a good four or five months off my life yeah i was gonna ask i was gonna ask i've got like i think i've got about 16 years on you and i i think you're you, that game i think you're starting to gain ground yeah you're gonna outlast me on this <laughs> and i've been there that's rough and you know and here's the thing i you know Doing this podcasting, one of the best things about it's been I've met so many fans from every team across the country, around you know, hell, yeah. around the world, other countries yeah. like yourself. And I'm so when my team's not any part of it, I'm so empathetic, you know, w- when that happens. And I I watch these games and I'm like, and I, I'm just like I live vicariously through the fans. And that ball, I see, you know, they go to instant replay. Yeah. I see the ball come out before Acres helmet hits. And I, I mean, I literally was physically sick and I'm like, why? And cause you and I both know that a field goal there wins that game. And, yeah. and it turned out that that was true. They won by three, like a field goal there ends that game. Like you just know yeah. it's one of those points, but I got to say this before I ask you how you felt about the second half. Yeah. I will say that, uh, you know, they, they sucked it up. Stafford did what he needed to do. Right. You know, they didn't, I'm, I won't say they didn't panic, but they didn't crumble. I mean, the, yeah. the, mis- the mistakes were they were they were just so big the mistakes sure. yeah. but you know but it wasn't Stafford throwing the ball to the other team and blah 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 it was just these yeah. I mean Cooper Cup that the, the Cooper Cup fumble is it, it doesn't happen yeah. it doesn't even happen well that was what was driving me nuts is I thought I thought what are you know I need some data person to come in on this one but like w- what are the statistical odds of a team losing four fumbles in a half of football is be, I don't. I actually watching it. I, I must have said the words. I can't believe this is happening four hundred times because at the same time I actually couldn't believe it was. Ha- I Me couldn't. Neither. I couldn't remember and, seeing a team literally just drop the ball to the other team that many times in a row. It, it was, and, and they were by far the best team doing it. That that's what's weird. Like we've yeah. seen that happen, but that's that's the Jets getting beat by fifty. We've never sure. seen a team. You know, because sure. I ask you. So it'll lead into my next question. This is what I said. I've never seen a team look so good and yeah. and and just those few mistakes just absolutely crush them. Because how many times have we seen a team, you know, they're up by 21, the guy fumbles, yeah. but his his teammate gets it back. And you're like, whoo, right. that was close. Well, now yeah. we know what happens when that when you don't get it back. And Brady's making mistakes too. Was there seven turnovers yeah. in the first half or maybe six? Uh like I Brady had remember. a yeah, it's all it, blur to me now. So uh, it, it was crazy. So then I ask you this. And I, you know, I have a take. When I gave it on my show last night with Mo Murphy and Thad, right? Was that a did were, did the Rams look great that game, or did they look terrible to you? Because I know how I, I feel. I think they looked really, really good. They did exactly what I said on your show last week that they needed to do, which was insist on running the ball and insist on controlling the clock. But and, and you're right; those weren't those weren't 
like boneheaded mistakes. It was just <laughs> fundamental errors that that you know again that four four lost fumbles in a football game probably never happens anywhere no. to anyone, especially a playoff team or a championship contending team. And it was the magnitude of each of them. Like the first one, a goal line fumble would have been twenty seven to three at the half at the very uh, at the very oh. least twenty three to three. The cup one. He fumbles it in the open field and they pick it up and get about 30 yards to start at yeah. about the 25 yard line. The snap goes over Stafford's oh. head, gets picked up on the other end of the field. And the last fumble, the game was over. I mean, Cam Akers was running for a first down. It would have been first was, down at the two yeah. minute warning. It would have been victory formation because it would have been two minute warning, no timeouts for Tampa Bay. Game was over at that point. And he coughs it up going for the, <laughs> the game winning first down. So all four of them were gave away a huge field position or points. Oh, or they were like, Massive turnovers. So I think they've looked great, but I mean, I mean, sloppy. The, the emotion of you know, we we got we got Von, you know, not Von Bell. I'm sorry, um, Von Miller. Von Miller. He, yeah. he goes there literally for this, for this to yeah. to attack quarterbacks. To he gets the force fumble at the place. Yeah. You know, the the guys go crazy. They know that's it. The game's over. In the center, snaps it over Stafford's yeah. head, yeah. and you just you can see Stafford the. This is the moment where I really everything that I thought about Stafford this season I, I felt good about because they snap it over his head. That you know, there's nothing they can do. Buccaneers get the ball. It's a horrible turnover. Stafford looks up and basically he's like, "What the fuck?" But he also didn't lose. He didn't lose it. You know, he wasn't on yeah. the sidelines pouting. He was like, "Okay, I got, I got to go back out." and do it and that's when i was like okay stafford gets it like he's in the moment yeah. he's not it's not it's not getting the best of him because he doesn't have a ton of playoff experience everybody knows like oh god one, yeah no two playoff games before this i believe and one with the rams yeah. i mean that's it in stafford's career and he handled it like he, he had been doing his whole life i was really really proud of stafford yeah. in that moment oh so i mean i was i was mesmerized by the fact that he seemed to be completely unfazed by his defense yeah. i mean even jalen i mean the four fumbles is one thing. The Jalen Ramsey basically dogging it for, for a play to get burned for a touchdown in a crucial moment. Like the one thing Rough. they use all their timeouts to get the ball back. And then you think, all right, what's the one thing we can't do here is you can't give up Just a 60-yard touchdown. Long. And what happens is the best corner in the league decides to take a play off and, and basically shrug at not having safety help and get burned deep. So what? I thought, oh, okay, this is really everything that could go wrong is going to go wrong. But Stafford hangs in there. I mean, if if I, I think MVP MVP voting, if I'm not mistaken, takes place at the end of the season, so it, the votes I believe are already cast. Yeah, I think um, they are. So I wish if they, they were. Well, if they went at least to the Pro Bowl week, yep. you'd probably say it's pretty clear the most valuable player in football this year is Cooper Cup. Because yeah, I, I said, Dan, I said it on the show. Two of the best plays I've ever seen a receiver make. People don't. People don't. Underestimate or have underestimated how good the first play on that drive that he made was. Not just the you know Bucks call a terrible blitz call that yeah. cost him a season basically, but him they had no timeouts. There's 35 seconds left. Stafford gets a weird sack where he just kind of lays there and the team kind of wanders around while the clock is running <laughs> and they're like kind of look like they're going to let it go to overtime and he runs like a 15 yard out route yeah. where he shakes the DB at the top of the route so badly that the guy falls down. Yeah, and because he falls down when Cup catches the ball. He's able to backpedal for step and fall out of bounds. The, the out of bounds. It was it was unbelievable. Saves them 15 seconds of time, which yeah. is enough time for them to complete the pass, get the spike with four seconds to go and kick the game winning. I mean, we saw the week before Amazing. this. This is what the Dallas Cowboys couldn't do their their first game and th this exact sure. drive that, that cost them. And then, um, you know, it was a great win. But take me take me through the play, the the cup catch, <laughs> like 
Well, I, well, I mean, what are you what are you thinking at this moment? Losing <laughs> my mind, like losing my mind completely. Like, I don't know what's just like happening. you said with Brady. The one thing you couldn't do was turn yeah. Cup loose in the secondary. And it's he a mind boggling just- defensive call there. Right. And I mean, yeah. we can get into it with the bills as well. You know, with with the the defensive coordinators calling place like I, to me. Uh, you know, I saw somebody on Twitter this week go, hey, look, you know, the, the Bucks call a blitz and they get torched and it's a bad call. The Bills play too conservative. They get torched. It's a bad call. So you can't really win. But to me, it seems like if you're sending a nickel blitz off the edge on <laughs> what could be the last play of the game, you probably say to that guy, don't blitz if the guy who's across from you is Cooper Cup. If it was <laughs> yeah. Van Jefferson, you might go out, ah, whatever, you know, come off the edge. But don't leave the best player in the league on a safety yeah. And it, I mean, I'm glad they did. Really, I'm, yeah. I'm thankful uh, for that. So, I mean, it's, it's just to me, I mean, you got you like how, just overall. How do you feel about? I mean, Stafford, the receiving core, Acres looks great. I mean, he just he's a kid who hadn't played enough games. The fumbles were just lack yeah. of. The, you know, I mean, and Dominic and Sue has done that to a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, you know, the one on the goal line is a freak fumble. Like it's it those things happen. I, I felt terrible for him. Like he yeah. he's really wearing it, but his explosions really helped. The lack of that sure. safety, the lack of the safety. Sure. I mean, Fuller being out is just is is bad. And yet, Eric Weddle, who's thirty seven years old, who's you know two <sighs> years out of playing football, is is he's not playing big time, but he's he's doing a good job. He's a smart guy, stay in the way. Yeah. And what's How really about- amazing is is Nick Scott, who showed up in the secondary, who was like a special teamer for the Rams for most of the past few years. Hey, that's a sign. It's asked to come in. He's yeah, he's a great he's he's just walked right in. He picks off Brady. He goes over the top of Gronkowski to get a pick, you know, in the first half. He's he's played great, Phil. Again, uh, the worry of the safety position is basically now like that's fine. We're the everybody else just you know, no, rest up and get healthy. Yeah, so. and credit to the Rams. One more play to just ask you how you felt. The the yeah. Weddle hit, the Weddle penalty. What like I ha- I did not know the dead ball uh unnecessary uh, hit rule. You had yeah. like when that happens, you think it's over. Like that's it. Game's over, correct? Yeah, I thought we were screwed at that point. But yeah. but to me, it was the right call. It was forced the right way. It's it's a weird rule in that yeah. sense that that it because the ball hits the ground. Like if he had tipped the ball up in the air and it was still floating and he got oh, then it, then totally. it's a it's a fifteen yard penalty and a first down. But it's a dead ball foul after that. So, so and I'll, I'll say that I'll say this too. Uh, uh, what a way to like shoot down all the Tom Brady, the game is rigged fans, because if they come up and they just call that the typical late hit and give Brady the yeah. 15 yards, 90% of the people are like, oh, okay, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, so for them to actually get it going his way, I mean, he got a 15 yard unsportsmanlike yeah. penalty for oh, tripping out a ref. And they said that was great. the first unsportsmanlike conduct penalty he's taken in 22 years of his career. Yeah, that's awesome. Which is that's mind blowing awesome. to think that that's even, that's even possible. Oh but, man, what a, what a game! I, I'm I'm yeah. glad it worked out for you. It was it was hard to watch, but it was also fun to watch. Oh, yeah. um, and, and that's my takeaway too. I think the, I actually think the Rams looked really good and had some of the just the most untimed, you know, like you say, huge impactful turnovers a team yeah. can have. You thought and you lose four fumbles in any football game, you probably you, should, you lose, should it. lose that. Game. Yeah, but they yeah. didn't. They they also played the best too. I mean, credit to Brady. Sure. You know, he he did what he could, but you know, they they got to him. The defense did their job. I thought the Rams yeah. defense played probably better than it. Then it looks oh, like pretty stage. good considering the offense, you know, gave up horrible field position multiple times in yeah. a row and, and basically hung them out to dry after they played great. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, but that's think, that's turned out all right. And, and here's what we said the show before last. We talked about this. This game was all about Sean McVay. To me, mm-hmm. I thought I thought the team, 
I thought the team remained calm. I thought they played good. I thought the game yeah. plan was good. I, I can't blame him for fumbles. Uh, he, he right. you know, he had timeouts left when you needed them, like all these things. So I thought McVay, uh, that was the game. I thought him and Stafford validated everything. Yeah. I, I really do. Yeah, they, they, he's, he's turned it around for me a little bit. Um, you know, the fact that in two of the last three, I mean, three games in a row now, they have played ridiculously good football in the first yeah. half. And, I mean, the Cardinals game, the Arizona was pretty much just a team lost out of its place and were ready to go home for the year. Yeah. But, I mean, they blow the week 18. But still, you got to win. That that's, yeah, that's what they play good in the second half. But, you know, you blow, you play a ta- terrible second half against the Niners. You, you play a terrible second half against Tampa Bay. You know, one turns into a win, one turns into a loss. Yeah. But it's, it, he did do a better job of keeping them level-headed. The Niners game, when they blew that, that lead in the second half, they looked like like how I felt on Sunday, which is me, something me in the process of happening and we can't stop it from yeah. happening. So I thought, uh, they, they looked a lot more level this past week. If I, I can say something that, that I know we, we talk about all these intangibles and, and things that matter. I think playing the early day game, mm. you know, you know what I mean? Really help take some, I think if that's at night and it, it, it's different to everybody and the crowd yeah. might be a little more tuned into it. I, I really think that, the pressure might have built a little bit more. I think it probably sure. felt to them more like a stand. And I know that sounds crazy, but it, it it felt like if anybody loses their shit at any moment right there, the Rams are in trouble. But uh, yeah. credit to them, credit to them. So that that was great, and that that was just that was just one of four great games that weekend. Yeah. So I know everybody, you know, th- this show is going to come out on a Friday. Everybody, everybody's either watched, they've watched the highlights, they've listened to all the podcasts. Right. So I just kind of want to get your, there's no way I can let you out of here without asking, what sure. was your takeaway from what is, is widely considered maybe the best weekend of playoff football that yeah. we've ever had? What's just your, what was a huge takeaway that you had? It was, well, it was definitely one of the best weekends of playoff football I can, I can remember in my lifetime. Um, you know, there was a few things, the Bengals, I mean, I'd watch I'm, th- that. That's a team that for a long time, we might be seeing them in a similar spot than they are right now. Uh, you know, I thought Tennessee looked like a team that needs to make a decision about Ryan Tannehill. I, I had, him, I had him plateaued I actually, with him. I, they, so, I actually voted them as my worst loss of the playoffs because of that same, because of their yeah. in that they're in limbo. Yeah. This whole, uh, you know, my buddy's a, you know, again, I said, he's a Titans fan and I say to him, like, I think you guys need to make a decision on whether or not mm-hmm. this guy is the guy who turned you into a winning team, but I don't know if he's the guy who's going to take you all the way after three years in a row of really kind of suspect playoff performances, but you can't I mean, let him turn into Kirk cousins. Yes, exactly. He's, you know, there's sort of, again, that's sort of that plat, that championship plateau where you can't get over it with a certain guy, but you know, the bills chiefs game, one of the games of the year, if not maybe the game of the year so far, um, and everybody after it goes, you know, two things, right? Is, is the overtime rules, which yeah. I think, I, I think f- for 15 years, it's been clear. I mean, back when it was sudden death period, Thank everyone you for- need to have another possession. And then they went halfway with it and said, well, you get another possession, but only if you kick a field goal and a touchdown wins. And it's just, now it's at the point where you think just go all the way. Each team gets the ball once each team period. is guaranteed a possession. Yes. Yeah, Doesn't at, that the very least, at the very least for the playoffs, the very least for the playoffs, yeah, like the I NHL think that happens, shootouts right? in the regular season, but they don't do shootouts in, in the playoffs. They just play until someone scores. Baseball is experimenting with this guy on second base thing. But again, only for the regular season. <laughs> Here's the thing about baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Baseball's issue is how do we how do we change it to make more people watch? And yeah. football is like we have how do we satisfy the 
what it was. I think I believe every game, roughly the average was like 35 million people. How do yeah. we satisfy the 35 million people yeah. that that watched? Uh, but uh, no, you're right, and that that was a big thing. And I told I told everybody, I'm like, calm down. I remember it was sudden right. death. That was terrible. Especially yeah. now with these offenses, now you couldn't do sudden death. Like if you win the oh, coin flip, God. you're winning. Anybody yeah. can get a like anybody get a you know a field goal out. I think you simply you in the college rules. That's ridiculous. I can't. Yeah, that, that's I, I. I'm not saying that's not fun to watch, but and then what I'll say you know to here's what happened. What we wanted to see was Josh Allen get the ball back. I don't yeah. think we cared as much that it ended on a touchdown. I think we cared that we just. We don't get to see Josh Allen until next sure. year because I I keep saying I think he played the two I honestly think he played the two best games back to back maybe in playoff history especially for a guy that's not playing anymore yeah so that's a lot of the outrage but just just guarantee the other team a possession sure. that's it if it's, it's weird a, because I mean you saw the wins a game exactly do you saw the you saw the thing that said the that like in the playoffs the people who are winning the coin toss are actually winning like 80 percent of the games that are being played in the playoffs yeah. so you think. Isn't that that's all the statistics you need? The coin toss is still winning the games. Oh, Playoffs still- are an exhausting experience. Defenses are toast. It would have been better yes. to see the Bills. And then, I mean, what kind of game are we talking about right now? If the Bills get the ball back and the oh. same thing happens and they score a touchdown, and then guess what? The Chiefs get the ball back and then they yeah. get to go again. And then well, there's, I mean, there's the problem, point, what, death, how, right? Yeah. How do you fix how do you fix that problem? Like you also just sure. can't keep giving the ball because those Honestly, that game might have went on forever with those two quarterbacks and those defenses were yeah. done. If the Bills would have won the coin toss, I agree they would have won too because both defenses were done. But I would also say, and I know that this doesn't affect the rules going forward. If you're the Bills, and there's what 14 seconds on the clock, 13. Oh, I'm sorry, 13 seconds 13 on the clock. Seconds, yeah. You, I I just this specific game wow. I can't hear it. But shout out, shout out to Kansas City Chiefs fans. They, um, yeah. you know, they got up a donation for the visiting team for the Buffalo yeah. Bills. They donated to a children's hospital, and the last thing I heard, it was, um, it was hundreds of thousands yeah, of it's dollars. over hundred grand now, I believe. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that yeah. that needs to become like across the board a thing that that NFL fans do because I honestly think that is one of the coolest, no downside yeah. things that I've ever heard of is donating to the losing teams, whatever charity they choose. Right. You know, so I. Yeah, if anything, if the NFL they worry about all these rule changes, make that a rule change. Right. <laughs> just be like, right. just be like, here's the charity. <laughs> you get to watch. Here's it. the link. Just go click. But you were asking, you asked, you know, what my takeaway from it is, right? And the 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 obviously the game of the week was Chiefs Bills and whatever. The, all the talking heads are coming back to is this idea of, well, if that game showed anything. It was that you know this is a quarterback, and I said quarterback it. is the most important. He's thing referring in the to me, everybody. Well, you weren't just the one, but everybody sort of came. A lot of people came around to this. You know, oh, it's it's all about the quarterback, and it is. You're not winning a Super Bowl without a quarterback. But to me, all I could think at the end was, this is this is pretty clearly an indication of of the classic adage: defense is the most important damn thing because you can have a great Ooh. quarterback like Josh Allen, but Josh Allen. Didn't even get a chance to throw the ball in overtime. Josh Allen's defense gave up two touchdowns in the blink of an eye, gave up 50 yards in 13 seconds, which is an unfathomable pace. What cost them that game wasn't a quarterback. It was bad defense again and again. The Niners have knocked off two championship contenders with great defense. The Bengals played defense and chipped their way out of a really talented offense to get a win. Bengals defense played great. Shout great out to defense. defense. Great. Uh, yeah, the Bills Chiefs game to me just indicated that what what, what it really is is a defensive league. Okay. Still. Dan, here's what people will tell you. The Titans got nine sacks, brother. 
and they're and they did they, so so it's people both, really it's really both isn't it if, jeff it's because Bert, you can get nine Bert, sacks but if your qb sucks it's not gonna happen so if, if we were sitting at a bar drinking your your favorite <laughs> irish whiskey and you brought this up to me here's what i would say if if you switch quarterbacks in the bengals titans games who wins Oh, the Titans by like 45 you, points. So right. you, you get where I'm going with here. Okay, I know, I know. But really, I mean, it's it's. I, I think to boil it down just to being, well, you got to have a quarterback. Like, yeah. yeah, of course, because name me a team that's one with a terrible quarterback. Right. You know, out of 20 Super Bowl winners, you get one or two, you know, not very carried. Many. And when they do, they're carried by a ridiculously good defense. You know, can that's, we do a show about the worst quarterbacks to win a championship? Let's do that. We might do. We might do that sometime. Super Bowl uh, first game. one. First one off the top of your head. Uh, worst quarterback worst, to ever win. To win one. Man, I, it, it it's hard not to say Dilfer, but he played such a good game. <laughs> that's what I mean. Right? He played such a good game. Say. I was going to say Trent Dilfer probably as well. I'd have to go back and like, I didn't really get to watch the one, the, you know, the ones in the sixties and seventies. No, wait a minute. Now he played great. Hear me out. It's before your time. Well, it's right at your time. Okay. Uh, Jeff Hostetler for the New York giants in 1990. Okay. He was a backup he, though. He was, he was like, a backup. He was, doing, he was doing the Nick Foles thing. He was filling in for an injured starter. Ooh, right? shout out to, yeah. And you know what is Nick? Okay. Here's what. Maybe Nick week, we're talking about this super oh, weekly door. Is, is, is Nick Foles better than Trent Dilfer? Save that question for Super Bowl <laughs> okay. week when Dan comes back home. Because I like I like where we're going with this. Okay. Uh, okay. No, it was great. And I and I agree. Um, those two quarterbacks were freaks, too. Um, yeah. I think I can meet you in the middle somewhere. And by the by the end of that game, I would say cardio. Cardio is yeah. what the most important thing is because yeah. those defenses were well, hey, we said last week when we were talking about what we thought you picked the Bills, you thought the Bills would also mm -hmm. last time. I said I wanted to pick the Bills, but I just couldn't as long as that game was. And I think we were both right. City. You know, yeah, I thought that was a game that I just thought if it comes down to this last minute thing, it's just going to be a home field thing for the Chiefs. And, and, and sh shout out to coaching staffs, too. At the end of that game, I cannot remember the exact, you know, time left. There were six timeouts left. In the yeah. last two, two minutes yeah, they of that all game, all had their timeouts for that, and and twenty five is the score in the last two minutes. Is like, yep. When when oh. these teams when these teams like Dallas fart away these yeah. timeouts on trying not to get a, a false start penalty or something right. stupid early, this is the re that like that's the result. Like you should have timeouts yeah. with the last few minutes, and 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 that was huge. Uh, it was a fun game. Um, oh, and 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 I will say this that we talk about exploiting defenses. You know, I don't want to talk too much about the Packers 49ers game. Yeah. But Aaron Rodgers didn't do that. The 49ers gave Aaron Rodgers yeah. chances to, to yeah. win that game. He did not take advantage of them. Josh Allen took advantage of every, him and Mahomes both took advantage of every mistake, open receiver. Like, because every, every play in today's game, like somebody's going to be open. Like, that's yeah. just the way it is. And it's, it's whether your quarterback can find the guy. And Rodgers didn't. You know, so like that was yeah, a his performance was, was terrible was beyond. Yeah, to me, it was beyond any. I didn't expect him to be that disappointing. And Devontae Adams, too. And, and it's probably a little bit of an extension of Green Bay's coaching staff, which is, I think, yeah. probably the reason why you won't see Aaron Rodgers wear that uniform again, is that all I saw Devontae Adams do all game was run three yard out routes. Yes, you know, they just run these quick timing, quick throws to him. I'm like, well, you get a first down or two every now and then, but they did nothing to make the and, and Rogers try to force it to him, and Rogers just kept yeah. trying to force it. To yeah, him. It, was, it seemed to be it seemed to be that the guys that made the difference for them all season in in key situations outside of obviously their big three, you know, Lazard and and uh, and uh, Valdez Scantling. Yeah, uh, it, they just 
disappeared and the, the, the game plan didn't seem to involve anybody. Aaron Rodgers looked like he was just kind of like his classic body language and like, Ooh, things aren't going well for me kind of attitude for him. And, and you, you leave the Niners a chance. I said my, my prediction of that game last week was it's going to be close to the end. And then Green Bay will just show their talent and, and yeah. pull out a late score to make it, to make it wide. They just forgot to do that. So yeah, you get and, what you get really. Yeah. And if you keep a game close and you get a block punt, like, yeah, you get to play all facets of the game. Here's something I don't like. Like, I understand special teams isn't as, as impactful as it used to be, but also I don't like people acting like they almost act like a, a block punt now is a is a fumble or a mistake. I'm like, no, yeah. that's that's guy, that's like that's a Someone play. That's play. Yeah, yeah, that's guys like they have a game plan. If you ever play special teams, it's like you block this guy, that guy blocks this guy, you yeah. go at this angle, it's angles, you you know, not getting penalties. So you know, a lot of people act like almost like it was a mistake by Green Bay to get a pump block. I'm like, no, 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 that's not how this worked. The 49ers, and I said it, I said every show I do, we'll talk about it here in a minute. It's a fist fight. Like they, they are going to keep, they are going to keep yeah. getting up. They're going to keep fighting. They're going to keep scrapping, and that's what they did. I really enjoyed that because I thought that exposed a, a one team that was more prepared, the more they cared more, was physically prepared. Like I thought it rewarded the better full team rather than just the quarterback. That's what I liked yeah, about that game. I, I agree. Wrong. I think, yeah. If, I, think, if, I think exactly that. Green Bay was looking to just go, well, when is this guy going to win us the game? And, yeah. and, and it's, 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 uh, we're going to, we're going to claw you to the very end yep. every way we can. And I mean, I mean, Jeff, just comprehend the, what, what we saw. One of the great quarterbacks of this generation having one of the best seasons of his career, probably going to be MVP, got beaten by no a team blocking a punt for a touchdown with four minutes left in the yeah. game at, yeah. in their field. It's, and, and Garoppolo tried to throw the yeah. game again, again. <laughs> Garoppolo has a wide open play to win a game and misses yeah. it. It's just, oh, it, it, it was, it was, that's why I said it was, that was the one of the few times like, so, if, you know, Young football fans, especially, this is what football used to look like. It was like who can, yeah. who can get out of this alive? You know, low scoring quarterbacks are just okay. Yeah, like you know, you're, if you're spoiled by the Josh Allen's and the Mahomes of the world, you have no idea what it was like in the '80s when Bernie Kosar was going to the AFC Championship. Hey, look, the Bills Chiefs game was a wicked game to watch because of the spectacle and the offense and all stuff. Yeah. But but I remember texting my buddy uh, during that Packers game when the skies opened up and it started to snow, and I said, "This is an iconic." Yes, scene unfolding. This is Lambeau Field in January at night in the snow. Yep. This is this is you know this is like literally backyard football fantasy right here. This is this is yep. an absolutely legendary scene to unfold. And the Packers, this is your thing. <laughs> you begged for this. You fought yeah. for this. And I yep. say, now I am on record. Like you know, actually, everybody just go back and listen to all my shows and give me likes. But Dude, I'm that, on yeah. record several times of saying this, that I thought the Packers were better off to not get home field advantage in these playoffs because yeah. I thought they would rather, I think Rodgers would much rather go to like New Orleans and play in yeah. a dome and then steal a win and or go to Tampa Bay in the sunshine. I, I really thought that all season. Um, yeah. And and I think I was right. I think the 49ers were like, we do not care. Yeah, <laughs> you know, tougher team. Tougher, they yeah. were built. The Niners are built for that. And I'm sure we're about to yep. get into that exactly coming yeah. up here. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that, that, that was fun. So, yeah. So that that's last week. So let's we'll yeah. get into this week. So we, we kind of I did basically the question I had for you. We got we got the two games coming up. You know, we got the we got the Rams. We got the 49ers. I am not going to ask you to pick a winner because a it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, you know what right. I'm saying? But, uh, and then we have the chiefs, we have Cincinnati going to Kansas city and playing, which is, 
it's it's what a weird game. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when when the veteran quarterback is like a few years older than the the, the young guy coming in to yeah. take his spot, uh, fascinating game. So uh, we'll start. Well, I want to start with um, Cincinnati, Kansas City. My question yeah. was to you when you when you start watching this game as a fan, you got the TV on the first ten minutes of the game. What are you looking at to to for each team to give away like this is what they need to do or they're that's what they need to do or they're in trouble you know what i mean so what the, each team what are you looking at was we'll it Kansas City Cincinnati first i think i think Kansas City that that game is going to come down to whether or not Kansas City gets in a rhythm with their offense in the first, or early on but they but they're also they're such a big play offense like I, even if they struggle a little bit early on they're, they're so likely to break one you know even into the second half if they're struggling but Cincinnati's pass rush getting home and and if they're back end, Jesse Bates at safety for the Bengals is turning into arguably a top two safety in the That's entire- why their coach is interviewing yeah. for head coaching jobs. He is he's a big reason for that. He played he played out of his mind against Tennessee. And I think similar to to what we were saying about the Bills with the Chiefs, is that back end, those that safety play and the defensive backs are, are really going to make the difference. So if they're able to sort of stymie the rhythm of Kansas City and force a couple of three and outs and then sort of control the ball on their offense. I, I I wouldn't doubt Cincinnati. I mean, they did beat Kansas City like less than a month oh, ago. Yeah, so, not very long ago. Uh, I, I'd be looking out for for whether or not their defense actually gets up. But if Kansas City starts being able to move the ball, uh, get J.D. McKissick involved and stretch them, he's turning into a, a real X factor for their offense and all that. If if they can sort of confuse the Bengals' defense, I, I think it could turn into a landslide for, for Kansas City. So, I mean, Cincinnati's really got to bring something different, bring Jesse Bates down and, and sort of keep an eye on Travis Kelsey and, and keep them from blowing the top off. And and that's the only way, I think, if you can steal a few possessions back, you've got a chance. But if that isn't the case early and often, then then it might be a, you know, it might be a runaway for the Chiefs. Yeah, so I kind of, I'm, I'm so with you on the Kansas City thing. My note was, if Kansas City can just play on schedule, like if the first yeah. 10 minutes, they're just like, I don't, I, it's not about Mahomes running around and making these fantastic plays that we know he will make and can make. It's if he just sits in the pocket and, and is just taking chunks of yards, like seven or eight yards of play. That's when I'm like, Oh, okay. The, the Bengals are in, in huge trouble if, if they're on schedule. Uh, so as far as the Bengals go to compound on that, you know, everybody's watching their offense. It's, it's yeah. the Jamar chase and bro show. I mean, what just, if you're the coach, and you're drawing up the game plan, and you're like, everybody knows Cincinnati's got nothing to lose. Do you did you do you try to play it by the book like you've been doing and trust the, like you did with ten, Tennessee that it'll work out, sure. or is this a throw caution to the wind? You know, it, try to uh, jump jump up on them. Like we've seen a couple yeah. teams do that with Kansas City over the past few years. The Titans yeah. have jumped up on them. The, the the freaking it's hard to remember at one point the Houston Texans were a playoff team. They jumped all over them. Uh, I'm, as 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 Coach Dan, what do you tell Cincinnati? Well, Cincinnati's for for one, recognize that you're playing a team with a pretty horrible defense. I mean, they're giving up. I think I read a stat this week that said if you remove the game against Pittsburgh, they're giving up 30 points a game over the past five <laughs> or six games, which is terrible. I mean, it's a defense league, sure. I I still think that, but Kansas City doesn't really have one that that effectively plays, but. So I think if you're Cincinnati, don't be afraid to take a shot, but also don't forget to control the game. You, you know, you got a great running back in Joe Mixon. Their the offensive line's a little suspect, but but running the ball, not yeah, but running the ball when that's that's the thing, right? You're not going to sack the quarterback if you're running the football. So I think they have to insist on running the ball with Mixon, even if it's not 
successful to the way you'd want it to be. Don't feel like you have to try to go over to Jamar Chase on every play because that might it might be forced. I worry, and I I don't think Burrow. I think with Higgins, uh, that's I I yeah. think that Cincinnati. The, the, this game, let's be honest. This game's all on Burrow. If he if he spreads the ball around and finds the open guy, just like Allen did, the, yeah. the holes are going to be there. The mistakes are going to be there. Sure. It's is Burrow, you know, is he? Can he stay upright and and yeah. and, and get that done? This is running the a, ball and running the ball and running a bit of a play action offense off of it yeah. is is really important in eliminating that and and finding a way to to. I mean, they're, you're playing with a bad O-line. You're not going to suddenly get a better O-line between now and Sunday. So finding, right. finding play calls that, that negate pass rush, you know, quick screens, any sort of maybe get them out, yeah. get Mixon on the outside. You got good, you got playmakers, but it's not going to matter if the guy, quarterback's on his asshole. It is, it is true, though. They have good uh, yards after the catch guys. That's huge against yeah. Kansas City. And, and like you said, getting the ball. Uzoma, like, it's a guy who might go off for three touchdowns if yep. you're not. I, I I think the same thing that this happened last week. I mean, Buffalo yeah. Bills got. Um, I for, I forget his Gabriel name Davis. Gabriel Davis, Davis game, one of the best playoff games ever that, that will be lost ever been played. Unfortunately, so they take oh. advantage of the weakness, and and that's the key. There's a lot of you can watch last year's Super Bowl tape on how Buccaneers attacked uh, Mahomes, and you can watch last week's game on how they attacked the defense. Sure, uh, there, there's a formula out there. So, bonus question for this game, then we'll we'll get to the Rams. Um, what what the fourth quarter starts. What does the point differential have to be for you to Kansas City? I think that you know we know they can come back. Yeah, Cincinnati has to be within how many points for and when the fourth quarter starts for you to go? It's still a game. I uh, I think Cincinnati's got to be within just one score. I, I and one I, score. Know, kind of the same philosophy. I I would say with the Niners last week is that when you got a good defense and a good pass rush, you're a one score game is is always winnable because being tied at the end means you're being being down a score means you just got to tie it and yeah. being tied at the end means now it's a time possession thing it's it's who's going to have the ball last can you can you force them to, to run a three and out Kansas City airs the ball out a lot so that stops the clock a lot if they're not successful yeah. completing the passes so I think I think as long as it's a one score game if you're Cincinnati a one score game going to the fourth quarter for you is is ideal is an ideal scenario because now it's anybody's ball game they're 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 playing with house money so for them to for them to have a chance to be within striking distance in the fourth quarter of an AFC championship game yeah. is pretty much as good as you're going to be able to hope for, I think. And that being said, they I, I'm I've been betting against them all year. So um, seven I'm, point spread yeah. for a conference championship game. Yeah. Um, you mean, know, and here's the thing. If you're, since, if you're Cincinnati, you got all the fake motivation in the world. Like you literally have every advantage that you could want. Yep, you, you're the away team. You're there. Nobody. You could play that nobody thinks will win. Like, well, nah, I wouldn't say nobody, but minus seven's pretty big, or plus seven. They're plus seven. Sure. Um, just all these things. So, it, it really is. And you know, you got Burrow who doesn't really care about anything. I'm not even sure. Like, it, it's he's really doesn't get caught up in it. All four of these quarterbacks really yeah. uh, are pretty mentally strong, really enjoying it. So I, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Sure. All right, here we go. So I'm um, not going to ask you to pick a winner of this game. I'm going to ask you the same question. You, and you're going to be watching the Rams 49ers intently yep. from SoFi yep. Stadium this week. Um, what what are you looking for at the beginning of the game that's going to make you, uh, nothing's going to make you feel better, but right. what are you going to What's Dan gonna say? Okay, okay. They 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 listened to me all week. You know, they yep. got my emails. Yeah. They got these. They got they got those weird. They got these tweets that I've been sending. Yep. Like they figured it out. What do the Rams need to do 
to make you feel the most comfortable possible about this game? I got to see their defensive front seven do something that that has been outside the mold of, of the three years of playing San Francisco. I mean, this game could easily go the way it did on the Monday night game. You know, if San Francisco runs a, a eight minute drive with 16 plays and a touchdown at the end, running the ball every down, getting four yards of carry, it's it's going to be a short night for 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 Rams fans and, and for the team. The thing they need to realize is there's a big I don't know if you've caught this or uh, any Rams or Niners fans this week will have seen this, that this big debate about the, the seats in the stadium and the ticket sales and who's being allowed to buy tickets. The Rams, the Rams team, if I'm Sean McVay and the coaching staff from the beginning of the week, uh, I'd be operating on the presumption that this is a road game. This is absolutely going to be a road game yeah. to be a majority. Ooh, of I like fans. It's it, I, I would if if they come in unprepared for a silent count, unprepared for communication issues, they're they're toast because it's pretty clearly going to be a San Francisco. It kind of happened. Um, San Francisco kind of did that in Dallas. Uh, that game. Yeah, was a they little do it like everywhere that. they go. That's a that's one of the biggest fan bases in North America. Are San Francisco fans yeah. and, and and Silicon Valley and is filled with Niners fans and a lot of people with a lot of money who are not phased by spending out the ass for especially for an NFC championship game. So prepare for it to be a grinding game. If the Rams can't control the line of scrimmage uh, specifically on their defense, it's going to be trouble. And and offensively, the same strategy that they've been running successfully this year, the same thing I said they need to do last week. They got to run the ball, even if it's Cam Akers getting two and a half yards to carry. If he runs for 25 carries for, for 65 yards, that's that. I, that to me is actually a good sign because it means that they will continue to keep the defense honest, continue to allow Stafford to run the play action and, and get the get the route concepts that are going to get guys like Cooper Cup open. And and that's the only way they win. You, you're not going to force San Francisco to, out of their identity. They have a set identity and they're going to come out with that identity. And if and, and you've, you're going to have to take them head on in order to beat them because because they're not going to they're not going to go five wide with Jimmy Garoppolo and start slinging. <laughs> You know, they're going to grind it out with Debo and, and, and Elijah Mitchell. And, and, you know, that's their identity. So, so don't be, don't have any misconceptions about what you're walking into, is what I would tell them. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. I like this matchup. I like this game. And it stinks because I really do like both of these teams. When we did our preview show to start the season, we talked about how good the NFC West was going to be. We were not wrong. Sure. I mean, we've got, yeah. it's, it's down to, and um, so I'm kind of, exactly with you and i'll say the opposite so i'll give the keys to san francisco it's the exact same thing you said but in bizarro world can (laughs) can their offense in the way they run you know the misdirection uh you know the 22 personnel the 20 you know the 21 personnel can they nullify the rams pass rush can they you know can they nullify von miller because if you're running a bunch of swing passes a lot of plays in the flats you know it kind of nullifies that that leo position that that well, it also played. doesn't force passing down yardage, which, right. is what, which is what the Rams struggle with with the Niners is that they so consistently get four, five, six yards of carry. Every time Debo yep. Samuel has a ball in his hands, oh. you add three yards to the end of the run because he always fights yes. a few yards out. So, I mean, what you have to do is you can't get into second and four. You need second and eight. You can't get into third and two. You need third and six and beyond. Yep. You need to force them into passing downs because the Niners are happy. Yep. To run for three, four yards of carry every down and do a fourteen play drive if that's what it takes. Yeah. So, so being stout up front, the most important player in this game to me, players in this game to me aren't Donald and Miller. It's Greg Gaines and Ashawn Robinson in the middle of their their defensive line. Yes. Those I, guys are the big. Those are six hundred and fifty pounds of man right there. Those guys are 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 going to have to be the entire crux of the defense. I think. 
Yeah. It's a scary prospect as a Rams fan. So. No, no, no. I, t- I, t- I totally agree with everything you're saying. And um, that's, I think it's going to be a great game. I think that – I will say this. I think the Rams have – I really think that what I saw from um, Beckham last week made me feel really good. I mean, sure. he, he is he – is, totally integrated into the system now and yep. knows what's up. And when he's engaged and yeah. knows his part, it just makes the job easier for cup and cup is almost impossible anyway. And then I think Jefferson's playing great. Yeah. Um, you know, Higby, Higby, Higby is a real underlying. I mean, last time they played, he had two touchdowns and a, a handful yeah. of catches. So yeah. And, and a credit to Stafford again, yeah. we talk about, you got to find the open guy. Well, and then what hey, I would say same as Cincinnati. How do you, the last time, every time we play the Niners, that front four gets home. So how do you yeah. protect Stafford? Yeah. How do you give him a little insulation so he can actually throw the football without running for his life and get yeah. him to the rhythm? It's, it's all going to rely on that. If, if San Francisco yeah. controls the line of scrimmage, gets home on their, on a four man pass rush and runs the ball well, it's, that's a recipe to success anytime, anywhere. And something, and, and, you know, a huge advantage. I mean, there's so many advantages, but a huge advantage that I really like is I like Stafford in, in the, in short yardage and in these big plays that Garoppolo like depends. Yeah. I won't say depends, but like their offense is more, it, it, it's good and it's bad. Yeah. That, you know, you can, you can, it can be Samuel or it can be, you know, um, it, it just uh, any amount of, players sure. it might be a running back might be whatever but i like that the rams can they can be in the 10 yard line and drop back and you have to worry about stafford scanning the field and making that that one throw that he can do so but what i want to see from the rams in the first 10 minutes i just want to see them run a, their offense and you you alluded to this on schedule like i want to yeah. see acres if at the end of the first quarter the rams have scored an offensive touchdown and punted yeah, but yet they've got yardage. Nobody's frazzled. I don't want it to get manic. I think if it gets manic like it did the second yes. half versus Tampa Bay, yeah, San Francisco is going to thrive because then Fred Warner and those guys are just going to be like, "All right, here we go, boys." Oh, and you the know, crowds, the crowd, the crowds yeah. getting into it, and they're all hell's going to break loose. Physical, it's it's gonna you're going to suddenly feel like you're playing you know a candlestick in you yes. know 1985. It's going to feel that way on the field. And 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 San Francisco is yep. going to feed on that. They they are absolutely their motivation is is pure chaos. They yes. they want That's, they want to beat up the pretty boy Rams with all the fancy yep. players in their fancy stadium. They they thrive on that. So not giving them that excuse to do that is absolutely is number I, one. So I, I said the be, you know the best thing for football fans is what you're describing. But yeah. if I'm if I'm you know if I'm a Rams fan, I want to see a boring. Like yeah. just ho hum. It, it looks like week four game. I think because that's when I think the talent takes over, and I you know I don't think San Francisco has what it takes. But if it becomes if it becomes a WWE match instead of a boxing match, yeah, it all everything's if you know if Forty ers are even within probably ten, but if they're within you know a touchdown going into the second half, it's going to get nuts. Yeah, it's going and to it, get nuts. The pressure's going to start. 20 to 13 going into the fourth quarter. I'm going to need numerous shirts to sweat through because you think I was bad last week. This, this game, this game beyond all because it's San Francisco. If this had been Green Bay where we're going into, I'd be, I'd have a different mindset. But the, the history, the, the attitude, the fan bases here with, with San Francisco and the Rams, it's, there's so much more riding on this than just a Super Bowl appearance. This is the most, probably the most meaningful game the Rams have played. Beyond even the Super Bowl a few years ago, I think this is the biggest game they're they're going to play in. Oh wow! 
in decades. So yeah. uh, this this is a franchise altering game for both teams, really. So it, it's just uh, yeah. This is the this is the you know this is the beginning of this this version of the Rams. This is the end of this version of the 49ers. Right. Um, it's it's really one of my favorite games in a long time. It it, it, it honestly is, and it sucks that I I actually don't. I actually like both teams. I really do. I'm I, I will I will fully open. I'm pulling for the Rams. I've hey. pulled for them all year. I like them. Uh, you know, genuinely like them. Uh, you know, you've helped me like them more. But um, <laughs> but I am. But it's I'm rooting. I'm rooting for the Rams, not against anybody. Um, I would I would love San Francisco if they were any other team in the league. If they weren't San well, Francisco, barring like barring like that? Seattle or so, like if this was if I was watching the Philadelphia Eagles come in with this team, I'd be going. That's a lot of respect for these guys. I like a lot of yeah. them. But they just you know, San Francisco at all. Well, so at, at heart, at heart, you have you're to pick winners though. You got to pick. Heart, we have to. At heart, you're an American. Yeah, at heart, you're an American college football fan. You just don't realize it yet. You're, you're you can't like your rivals. You have to yeah. hate your rivals, of course. No matter what. All right, Dan, that was awesome, man. Uh, we're quick all picks before forward. we go. Quick picks before we go. You got to. You must declare. Oh, uh, I have, I have, I have Rams, Kansas City. I have Rams, Kansas City. I actually, unbiased, uh, trying really hard to put bias aside. I, I have the same games as well. I think, yeah, I think I, Super Bowl we we deserved three years ago coming coming out final. I, I do too because I still I still think that the Rams should have won that Super Bowl. Um, so just everybody listening, Dan has already promised to come back for Super Bowl week, yep. Super Super Bowl week. Um, yep. Regardless, regardless of the outcome, but we're we're all pulling for you, man. Uh, you're one of the best. So everybody, go check out Dan. Uh, give give me your give me your Twitter handle, Dan. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, I'm on Twitter at disinformed Dan. Uh, yeah. My idiocy, my idiocy up front. Uh, you can also uh, find me on the uh, the fucking a podcast, f u c k i n e h podcast, comedy podcast every week with my buddy Matt, and uh, the Started Goods podcast. So uh, you know, this week coming up, we're talking about NFTs. So if, if fascinating stuff. If, if you're like me and don't know what an NFT is, look it up. If you do know, still listen to it. Really, really good stuff coming up. I got a sneak preview. Uh, Dan did a show with... Uh, who'd you do the show with, Dan? Let's give a shout uh, out to them. I just did... Yeah, I just did the Drinkopedia podcast. Drinkopedia with, uh, podcast. Matt shout out Jason. to them. Yeah, Matt, Jason, and Audra do that, and they, they are... It's one of my favorite shows. It's really good. I got shit-faced hammered and explained NFT as <laughs> as I could. Um, so check that out wherever you get your podcasts. That's actually a lot of... It's a really, really fun show. Yeah, it is. Support the pod family, man. We're all trying out there. We're all putting great content out. Uh, Dan, Great. thanks again. We'll see you in a, in a week or two. It's up to yep. you. Everybody <laughs> else, everybody else, we'll see you soon. This was Jeff Needs Sports. This is the Off Ball Network, and we are out.